Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Excited to bring you this bonus episode this week because I love having conversations with people that are going to bless you. They're going to renew your mind and keep you walking in this holistic truth of loving God with all of who you are. And today I get the sheer joy of introducing this audience to Susie Larson. I was blessed to be on her radio show to talk about my book, but the minute we had a conversation about um, the book, The Wellness Revelation, we just knew right away we're kindred spirits. She has a background in fitness, um, is a communicator, she's an author, she's a media voice, um, and her book just came out fully alive. I read it, I couldn't put it down. I'm telling you, and I said this to Susie in the conversation that we had, that I don't, I think she wrote the book that I was gonna write. (laughs) I don't know if I need to write another book because this book hits it out of the park. She shares her own story of pursuing wholeness while also pursuing miracles in her life. I love how she holds the tension of the gospel. So you guys, listen today, go get the book, follow Susie. You can swipe up on the show notes to connect with her more, stay up to date with what she is doing and following her story. I promise you, you will be blessed. And let a person know about this conversation. If you know someone that's suffering or struggling with chronic illness, just been praying and waiting on their miracle, and loving God, but also wondering why is it so difficult? This this conversation just holds a really beautiful tension. She doesn't shrink back. She tells you like it is, and you will leave feeling refreshed and encouraged. That's a guarantee. One more thing before you go. Um, this weekend, you can attend live stream Rev on the Road. So I will be in Colorado this weekend um, doing a live stream Rev on the Road and you can come. I'll be there live, but you can come and get a live stream ticket for as little as $10. You get both days, listen to the teaching, do the workouts, engage even through your computer. I know that many of you who are looking for a little bit more, keep the New Year's flame going. This Rev on the Road live stream is going to bless you. So you can, again, swipe up on the show notes for as little as $10. You get two days of mind-body wellness training. Um, And I can't wait to have you there with us. The more, the better. All right. You guys have a great day. Enjoy this conversation and be blessed. Peace. Hi, Susie. Susie Larson. I cannot believe you guys. You can hear my smile. It really is. I'm breaking my face. Susie Larson, you guys, is here with us today on the podcast. Susie, welcome to the Revelation Wellness Podcast. Alisa, I told you before the show, but what fun for me to be on the other side of the mic with you. You are always one of my favorite fitness people to interview. So great to be with you today. I have to tell you three words. You get me. <laughs> you get me. Like, I'm like, she gets me. You guys, Susie has a book out called Fully Alive. Uh, when was it released? Just a few months ago, uh, in October. A few months ago. This, I'm telling you, this is a book for this, the you listeners. I know that you are, men and women are here are pursuing wholeness. You're bringing your body into the story. Uh, there's a lot of things that have come against these bodies and these minds. And um, the redemptive story that Susie shares in her book, she gets real personal with her own struggles. Um, I've just, I felt like, I honestly go, I don't think I need to write another book ever. Susie wrote it. Oh it's my. all done. <laughs> You're funny. 
<laughs> but thank you, though. Thank you for entering in. But I felt the same way again, at least as I interviewed you. We are definitely sisters of the heart. For Amen. Sure, so. Okay, yeah. so tell me the motivation for this book. I'm, you've written 15 other books, but why this book? Well, your listeners won't know my backstory, but just to give a quick context, sure. um, I was a gymnast in high school. I had an athletic bent, but I also had some trauma as a child at the hands of teenage boys that when you, you know, when you endure trauma, you pick up a lie when life lets you down in that way. Yeah. Uh, you jump ahead to, I'm a young mom and uh, contracted Lyme disease during the pregnancy of my third son, mm -hmm. and it ravaged my health. And in that place, you know, I, I think before that pregnancy, I'd actually started teaching fitness classes at our local church for a Bible study and that kind of thing. Um, but my symptoms were neurological in nature, mostly very, very scary, facial numbing, memory loss, um, a lot of bone and joint pain and fatigue. And I was in my 20s and I felt like I was in my 90s. And I, mm. I thought this thing might take me out. It was mm. so terrible. Didn't know what it was, but it was Lyme disease. I found out a year later I was bit by the deer tick. And uh, But I had so much fear and anxiety around the symptoms that mm -hmm. my doctor told me, you need to go to a support group. And I knew because fear was such an issue because of past trauma and then this unknown disease mm -hmm. that the last thing I needed was a support group. And now that's good for some, but yeah. for me, knowing where my brain could go yeah. to listen to everybody else's symptoms, I thought I can't do that. Yeah. So what I actually did, Elisa, was I, I got certified by the American Council on Exercise. I decided as sick as I was, and I literally could only take a shower once a week, wow. I got the text because it put the fight in me. So I would read anatomy and physiology, have a date and note the margins. The next day I'd go back and look at it and I have zero memory of it at all. I mean, long story short, I took that test and I've got a 97% on it, which blows my mind with how sick I was. <laughs> and my dear husband let me start teaching and I taught, taught fitness classes. Sometimes I would teach once and it would take me like one day. It would take me days to recover. Wow. But I, that's how I fought my way out. So for the last wow. 20 something years, I've had, I mean, I'm a health minded person, but I've yeah. had chronic health issues, but I've done workarounds and found my way to be as healthy as I can. So I can do everything God wants me to do. To the present now, three years ago, I suffered a massive health setback, thought it was Lyme disease. It ended up being mold toxicity, but it was right. horrific, horrific. I mean, it was my old neurological symptoms and yeah. new ones as well. And in that place, it was all culminating one morning in my bathroom where I, it was like spiritual fireworks and physiological fireworks were going off. Mm. And what happens when you, I ended up having what they called chronic inflammatory response syndrome your serotonin, your adrenals, everything is so messed up mm -hmm. that uh, you have involuntary surges of anxiety. So not only did I have oh. my own anxiety, but just surges and then fear. And my face and arms were numb. My neck was spasming like my esophagus. So I couldn't swallow bone crushing headaches. And I mean, I just thought this is going to be the end of me. And in that moment, the Lord whispered in the chaos as I'm crying out to him going, God, I don't want to do this again. At this age stage, really, I have to go around this sick mountain yeah. again. I don't want to do this again. Yeah. And the Lord whispered um, to my heart in the worst part of that chaos, the storms reveal the lies we believe and the truths we need. Ugh. And I thought, what? And I heard it again. The storms yeah. reveal the lies on. we believe truths we need. And I'm like, Lord, what, what's the lie? And I mean, this is where I felt like the enemy had me by the throat. And I hear him in my ear. I can get to you anytime, anytime, anywhere. And God will never stop me. And that was the lie that I had picked up as a child. Say and the lie again. Say it again. What was the lie you picked up as a child? After, after the trauma, I had gotten up and I knew God was real as a child. I didn't know Jesus at the time, but the devil whispered in my ear, 
I can get to you anytime, anywhere, and God will never stop me. And I was mm. only 10 years old. And that, mm. I didn't know what to do with that, so I stuffed it down into sure. my soul. Sure. And here it was again, coming up. And yeah. it really had nipped at my heels most of my life, and I really hadn't realized it, kind of always trying to outrun that enemy, you know? Yeah. And God, yeah. my bathroom that day with such clarity said, we don't outrun lives. We turn around, we face them, and we put them under our feet. It is not true that he can get to you anytime, anywhere. Come on. You can't what I have prevented in your life. You don't even know what I've provided in your life. Come on. He is on a short leash. I am not going to let you lose, Woo! but I have to let you fight. And I thought I did. <sighs> and, I, and this is the other thing he said in the bathroom that day. It feels like that enemy has you by the throat. But soon the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet, and you will have your foot on his. So you got to fight. And I realized that I had some embedded stuff in my soul. God allowed this most recent storm because there were things in my soul that were affecting my cells, and I had to deal with them. And so the whole premise of the book is what happens in your soul happens in your cells. So it's not just about inner healing. It's about physical healing, too, but we've got to deal with what's going on in the soul. God, you, I'm telling you, this book has the, um, you know, I, uh, the wellness revelation that I wrote was a, a great jumping off book, but I've learned so much in the past. I mean, I think because neuroscience has come a long way. We're having, you know, Dr. Caroline Leaf, people are talking about our thoughts, the toxicity, and it's hand in hand, the toxicity of what we intake, whether it's substance or thoughts, what do we output? There's this give and take that we're, we're paying more attention to now, but you hit in this book so much about um, the biology and the cells and you go into it, you quote some of these amazing thinkers who I'm like note taking who they are because I'm going to go read their books now. Uh, I just feel like we're on this pathway at the beginning of a, ra- a trail into deeper understanding of the invitation. And like you said, the Lord said, I'm not going to let you lose, but I am asking you to fight, like to, to mm-hmm. take the battle. And I often think when we battle, the Lord, the, the battle belongs to the Lord, right? Like he is, it's already won. He, he died for, to fight sickness, disease, all these things. Yet we're like these, you know, little kids with our authority, with our little plastic badges on and our guns. Like we are still supposed to play the role of authority we have as a son or a daughter. But God is fighting that battle. How do you hold that tension? Well, I believe we have to contend for some of the things God has promised us. We have to. They've been provided for. They've been bought. They've been purchased. But there are plenty of Christians who are not walking in the fullness of what God has. I mean, enemies marched on their territory and taken it right back. And where I get that from is in Scripture. It talks about there is a day of account where we don't give account for our sins because Jesus paid for it. The, The person who's rejected the grace of Christ will have to go before the great white throne of judgment and say, because I rejected Christ, his saving grace, now God's going to call in the debts. That's a horrifying, scary thought. For the Christian, though, there is a judgment seat that yes. we go before, but we give an account for time, treasure, and talents. And I'm telling you, if you don't believe the truth about who you are, you're going to misuse your time, treasure, and talents trying to prove something Jesus has already proven. Woo! And that's a colossal waste of your time. But there are also people in that passage of Scripture that say, get through as barely escaping the flames. In other words, they lived apart from faith. They did not contend for the promises of God. So there's nothing to show for their faith. We need to contend for what God has promised us. And there will be a battle because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the reason Jesus tells us that is because he will steal, kill, and destroy if you let him. But Jesus says, I've come that you have life and life abundantly. So this is a, a real battle. But there is a point that we can come to an understanding that more is on God's shoulders than on ours, right? Yes. He does the heavy lifting, yes. but he won't let us lose, but he does have to let us fight. 
Amen. So in your book, Susie, I love, she does, um, I, I also love a trainer, someone that asks questions and you participate with the book. You don't just read through it. You know, like there's some some tools to hang on to. And you say rhythmically through every chapter, you know, a portion where we're going to pursue wholeness and pray for a miracle. Like there's a part, like you said, there's our accountability of whatever it is we've been given time, treasure, talent, and then praying for miracles. I love that you also include miracles. <laughs> and not do you just include it. You guys, Susie talks about, uh, could you share the story of your son? I, I, I just was earmark, earmarking that part of the book. Could you share that a little bit about the miracle? Yeah, I even dig into the whole angst and the anger in the Christian community around healing, because there's some who say God heals all the time. And if he doesn't heal you, you're deficient in your faith. Right. And there's sinning. others who say, mm-hmm. yeah. And the others who say God doesn't do those things today. Mm-hmm. And if you believe it, you're a false teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of the conversations I did not want to jump into, but I had to mm-hmm. for the masses who are sitting in the valley going, what do I do with what I'm walking through? So just to tell you about my son, when he was 17 years old, he took a late hit in football. The play was over. The whistle had been blown. So his body was relaxed. He was on the ground. And as he was getting up, this uh, linebacker comes and just smacks him so hard. His head snapped back. His body went to the ground. And he blew out a disc in his lower back that was Mm. the worst herniation they said they had ever seen doctors. Mm. It was pressing on three sets of nerves. And they said the only reason he could walk, which was like baby, baby, tiny baby steps, was because he had a wide spinal column because they said they have seen much lesser injuries than this that have the, the person can't walk at all. So he had some room in his spinal column, but the, the disc had so blown up over three sets of nerves. They said at 17 years old, he will probably lose control of his bowels because he, he could barely move. He could shuffle with a body brace on. Man. And, uh, but it was, it was a horrible injury. We tried epidural injections, traction, everything. And okay, can I, can I interrupt you there? As a mom, <laughs> as a woman of faith, who's devoting her life to God and serving and raising a son, a godly son. How, how did you deal with that tension with the Lord? Like why? Cause I think what's one thing when we're suffering, right? Like we go, okay, I can fight. But when our child or someone, how, how, how did you do that as you were waiting for the miracle? Well, it was devastating to watch him struggle and he's very reserved, but he's an athlete. And so for, and he was my only athlete, the other two are musicians mm. and to watch kind of his world shrink and he atrophied because he couldn't move and he couldn't even carry one book. So he had to have a girl assigned from the office, another student, carry his backpack from (laughs) class to class, which you can imagine. And I remember the days I would pick him up and he'd be sitting on the bench um, Mm -hmm. out in front of school. All the football players are jumping up and down, getting ready to run to the Mm -hmm. field. They're all his friends, but they're Mm -hmm. not paying any attention because he's not playing anymore. Mm -hmm. He's just sitting there with his head down Mm -hmm. and the girl just drops off his backpack He's so defeated. Mm. I would do everything I could to encourage him. But when I was not with him, I was crying out to God, fasting, praying, sobbing. Wow. But And there was one day, it was a day or two days in a row, but I'd heard two stories of someone who'd been healed by this exact injury and something had quickened in me. And I ran downstairs. He was sitting on, on the couch, just staring through the TV, just not even watching. He was getting so depressed and his world was shrinking. Yeah. And I knelt down and I grabbed his hand and he knows I'd struggled with chronic health stuff and I hadn't gotten the suddenly yeah. miracle. But I said, yeah. honey, you know, I haven't gotten the miracle. But but I said, I've heard two stories of people who've been healed by your issue. And I said, can we just err on the side of faith? Yeah. And can we just trust God and believe for a miracle in your situation? I believe God has this for us. Mm. And he shrugged his shoulders and he said, 
Okay. Well, mm -hmm. the next morning I'm out. Uh, this by this time it's summertime. I'm out on the um, deck and I'm with my Bible and I'm crying out to God. And he comes and he shuffles out and he braces himself and sits down and he scoops up my hand and he says, Lord, thank you for my miracle. Thank you for healing me. And it got back up. It was the simplest, sweetest thing. What? And I said, where are you going? He said, well, it's strength training day at, at you know, for the football team. It's summer training. But he couldn't do anything. And uh, so I didn't have any idea what he was doing. But apparently when he got there on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, it was uh, strength days. And he couldn't do anything except the seated bicep curl because there was no weight on his body. Yeah. But that would make him break out in sweat. And he would literally be there for five minutes. And his team players were like, dude, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'll see you tomorrow. Well, the next morning, he'd scoop up my hand. Thank you, Lord, for my miracle. Wow. Thank you for healing me. Every day, and on the running days, Come he on. got on the elliptical and his arms would shake. And he did the senior citizen level warm up for like four minutes. And he sweat like his temples were just sweating. But it was what he did. Come and on. day in, day out, day Oof. in. And he'd leave and I'd cry. Well, one night, you know, he, he's part of a youth group that was about five, 600 kids and that plastic body brace. I'm like, honey, you don't have to go if you're not up for it. He goes, oh, I'll go. He, he was just pretty down. Well, that night, Kevin and I are sitting on our bed with our laptops, which shows you how romantic we are. We're like emailing <laughs> each other. How's it going over there? And uh, Jordan comes busting in the door. He literally kicked our door open. Mom, Dad! And he kicks his foot really high. And then he bends over and touches his toes. And I jump up on the bed. <laughs> and, I'm like, <laughs> and I jump off the bed to the floor, to my knees, and wrap my arms around his legs and buried my face in his knees. And I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. What, what happened? And he proceeded to tell me that um, it's such an amazing story, but he's sitting in here in this group of five, 600 students, and the youth pastor gets up, and he says, before we do our usual service tonight, Jack is back from the mission field, another student, I don't remember his name, and he said, he's got a testimony to tell well, Jack or whatever, he kind of slouches up to the thing, and he's got his hands in his pockets in this really unassuming way. And he's like, well, um, before I went on this mission trip, I didn't think God, like, healed people anymore, but I prayed for this baby in this village, and well, God healed her. So actually, he does heal people. And then he shrugged his shoulders, and he walked off the stage. And as Jordan's listening, Jordan, his heart started to beat really fast, and the Lord whispered, that's the boy that I want to pray for you. And the, the, you know, the youth pastor got up, the worship team got up, they did the whole service. Oh. Jordan was just feeling nervous because he's shy, you know. Yeah. Afterward, all the leaders went up forward. I mean, there's probably 25 leaders in the front for the big altar time for the youth to go forward. And the Lord said, time is now, go find him. So he was like the woman with the issue of blood. Yeah. He had to press through a crowd as a shy kid who yeah. being jostled at all was excruciating for him. Yeah. He finally finds this short kid and he has to extend his hand and say, I'm Jordan Larson. I have a back injury and I'm wondering if you'd pray for me. Well, the boy was like, well, okay. <laughs> and Jojo said he put the, the boy put his hand on Jordan's back and just started to pray. And Jordan felt his back heat up, but he didn't know what was happening. Well, the mm. kid's like, we'll see ya, and he leaves. Jordan shuffles out to the parking lot. All of a sudden, he realizes he doesn't feel pain, so he turns a little to the left, to the right, nothing, touches his thighs, reaches down for his knees, touches his toes, and he takes off sprinting through the parking lot, screaming, laughing, and crying. And then he goes back into Gosh. the sanctuary and is yelling, God, heal me. And <laughs> Nobody was there. And later he's like, I'm sort of glad because <laughs> he was just like, God, you know, <laughs> so then the, I, we're just stopping. Well, the next morning I'm 
bawling in my quiet time. Yeah. And he came out and he scooped up my hand like he had done every morning before for weeks. Mm. And he said, God, thank you for my miracle. Thank you for my healing. And I said, where, where are you going? He says, well, to football practice. So he went and it was a running day. So they were all sprinting and he was a pretty fast guy. He, it took these guys minutes before they realized he was running. I mean, it's like, it's yeah. so funny. I, I no offense to boys, but girls would notice this stuff. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he is sprinting and keeping up. It'd been six months, I think, since he'd even walked with a normal stride and he was sprinting and all of a sudden everybody stopped because they had seen him every day and the coaches had seen him every day all of a sudden they all stopped and said wait Jordan what are you doing and he had this captive audience to say well well, God healed me last night yes and he it's a medical miracle you can't explain it and God did it and uh, I will say for me Elisa I asked God years before that would you heal me and he said to me, I would heal you today, but you'd lose it tomorrow. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? He said, you think like a sick person. You don't have the infrastructure for healing. And that was true. Every symptom I had with Lyme, I would, th- I would think of a worse symptom or fear or the what ifs. I had no infrastructure to sustain healing. And it took. I used the next 20 years to start thinking like a healthy person and just declaring over my body, there's more right with me than wrong with Come me. On. And the blood that saves me is the blood that heals me. I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. And I Come had to on. Continue. I did, but I got to say, my emotions were very tied up in my sickness where Jordan was still young enough. Yes. You know what I mean? That he could err on the side of faith and say, thank you. And God did it. And it's yeah. an amazing miracle. Oh, man. You talk about a few things. The infrastructure I know someone listening is going, well, what's the infrastructure? Tell me, Susie, what's the infrastructure? Because I want that infrastructure. What would you say to that person? Well, I would say it's a mind-body-spirit agreement with the Most High God, where your words and your thoughts and your actions are in agreement with everything that God says. I mean, for me, in the early years, because of the Lyme, we almost went bankrupt. We didn't, but our finances were wrecked because of my medical debt. And I would be fasting and praying about our bills and our credit, which was destroyed in those early years. Not anymore. God's restored every part of it. But back then, I would get up and then say, I don't know how we're ever going to pay all this medical debt. And the Lord whispered in my heart, so you just got done praying and asking me, and now your own words are bearing witness against my promises. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm saying you build an infrastructure by aligning all of it. You know, as Psalm 103, it says, uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, bless the Lord, and forget not all of his benefits. You know, don't forget, and he forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He Mm -hmm. ransoms my life from the pit. I'm just telling you, you know, I still, from this relapse, I've got a few uh, residual symptoms. I'm a hundred times better than I was. Mm. I still have a few issues that I'm working out. But until I breathe my last breath, I'm erring on the side of faith. I'm asking God to do the impossible. And I'm going to do what I can do and need to do. It's not good for me to eat sugar. I just, I have inflammatory responses. I have to have a good bedtime. I have to work out. I don't care. Yes. doing it because I have stuff I want to do in this life. Oh, that's so good. Man, that's so good. In the book, you quote um, one of uh, the authors who I actually, this is a book for instructor training that we asked them to read. It's a supplemental. It's not a mandatory because it's a thick book, but it's the um, Bessel book, The Body Keeps the Score. The body keeps the score. Now, when we talk about, you said about how how our thoughts need to align with heaven, our feelings need to align with heaven, our, our spirits, all of that, that's an infrastructure. 
but things have happened to us traumatically, stored up in our body because the body keeps the score. There's a quote in here that you you quote of Bezel that says, um, you never forget trauma and hurtful events. Your body remembers, your brain remembers, and your enemy remembers. That's, that's what you, you quoted this off of Bezel. That's why traumatic memories must surface. So the enemy's tactics will be exposed. And so God can uproot the weed and plant new seed. Man, I that's the one of the the, the things that um, I think for Revelation Wellness, anyone who participates with us, does the workouts, has been through any of our programs or training, we're always kind of saying, hey, when the bad news comes to the surface, it's good news. Like he Amen. would not allow something to come if he had no intentions of healing it. If it's not revealed, it can't be healed. But we despise the pain or we start to raise a suspicion that God isn't good because something is bad, right? Um, right. What is your what is your practice of 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 God is good? Like, I mean, just basic stuff. I think people go, I know God's good, but why do I keep falling down into the pit that He's bad? What would you What would you say to that? Well, for one thing, as I'm listening to you read that excerpt from the book, that time where I was a hot mess because God was bringing things to the surface that I just had I'd forgotten. My body remembered, the enemy remembered, and uh, my soul remembered, but I just wasn't in my head anymore, but it was deeply affecting me. What I kept saying to myself is that my great unearthing is the devil's undoing. Mm. My great unearthing is the devil's undoing. And something I've been preaching to myself for years is this. God is good. His promises are true. And he will always make a way for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is just what I have. I just know that to be true. And, and we go through seasons where there's harvest time and it's abundance and the favor, you know, is all over us and the wind is at our back. And then we go through pruning times. We go through unearthing times. And the thing is, you know, uh, when stuff surfaces, I think I, I did write about this in the book. When your boulders start to surface, they kind of come yeah. to the surface and you've got to pay attention to them. I learned that that's actually a thing with farmers that every year boulders and rocks surface and they have to clean those out so that there's more space for the seed and for mm -hmm. life to grow. And we, there's no sprinting through or around. You've got to lean in and say, Lord, this, this fallow ground is hallowed ground. You're going to take me through the other side and there'll be more space to occupy in my soul. Mm -hmm. He's always after our wholeness and our flourishing. But yes. I don't even know that you can get there until you start there and believe God yeah. wants you well. And there's kind of a misnomer, uh, definitely to me, it's a lie from the pit, that some believe that God gives you sickness to teach you something. But, you know, and I don't know if this is a great comparison, but, you know, in, in psychology, there there's a diagnosis for parents that have this disorder where they make their kids sick so they can be their hero. It's called Munchausen by proxy. Yes. Where yes. they create crises for their kids. Yes. And then they become to the rescue and it's a mental illness. Yes. Well, if, if, how would we ever superimpose that upon God? There's nothing in scripture that says he makes us sick to teach us a lesson. I mean, the world has fallen. Godly people get sick and die. So I don't hear me say that it's your fault if you're sick. I mean, Godly people get sick and die. There lies the mystery, right? Yeah. But for us to superimpose on God, that he's there with a big fist to finally teach us a lesson, mm. we won't believe that he wants us to flourish. And he aches when we ache. He hurts when we hurt. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, 
I've got my greatest education in the school of suffering. So though God didn't cause it, mm-hmm. he definitely allowed it. Mm-hmm. And I am so determined to make the enemy sorry he ever messed with me because I'm going to lean in and learn everything that I can. But I now believe with everything in me, it's not God's pleasure, you know, to see me struggle that way. Yeah. He will use it and he will get glory from it. But if we don't believe that he's good and that he's for our flourishing, like Jesus said, I come that you have life and life abundant. I mean, the very word shalom means wholeness, Mm -hmm. wellness, a fullness. Mm -hmm. Those originate from God. We don't have to convince him to care about us in that way. Mm. I had to do some work around that, actually, Lisa. I I felt like I, because of some of the stuff that was buried in my soul with this most recent relapse, I had to go back to the beginning and, and Find a case in scripture. God really does want me well. And I do believe it now. And what peace it brought to my soul. Because then it gives me the grit to fight that enemy and know who my enemy is. Yeah. Right? And and to do what I need to do, what God is asking me to do. Yeah. The enemy is the enemy. I'm always saying that a lot. The enemy is the enemy. People aren't the enemy. The circumstance, it's not that. The enemy is the enemy. Don't make it, keep the thing, the thing. God is the main thing. There's an enemy. Keep it on that. And I, I I often think, I think the thing that frustrates the enemy the most is when we can have joy in our suffering, yeah. when we can give praise. Uh, I think it's Bill Johnson who says, and I, I think about it often, that the greatest um, glory and blessing I can give God now is praise in my suffering because one day I won't have the opportunity to give that anymore. There won't be That's suffering, so right? I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh. So he counts us worthy. He counts mm. us worthy. Then we have, God, you wouldn't have let this. This wouldn't have come if there isn't something here that's going to cause flourishing in me. Yeah. These light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So anything he allows, he will glorify, he will redeem, he will multiply. And we that's where we've got to set our sights on the realities of heaven. And, you know, a couple of scenarios I, I, I addressed, I think maybe in, there's a companion DVD that goes with the book. Cool. And uh, in the DVD, my son, when he was little, my other son, I have three sons, but my middle son had a lot of uh, respiratory issues. So they had to keep using prednisone on him. And they said this will call chronic, cause chronic fatigue. And it may stunt his growth. Well, he's six foot three with a size 14 shoe. So he's not been stunted, I don't think. <laughs> but he has chronic, he's had chronic fatigue and then mm. dealt with some weight issues because he's so tired. tired. And, uh, you know, I on my show, I, I regularly talk with a functional med doctor who's become a good friend and helped me in my healing process. And it's one of my most popular, you know, shows is because people are suffering, right? Yeah. And so my son, Luke, has just seen what God has done in my life and heard some of my interviews with Dr. Troy. And uh, he said one day, he said, I realized that I thought I was doing a godly thing by feigning a smile and just enduring it. And he said, but I realized that this kind of passive optimism was getting me nowhere and it wasn't sustainable. He said, I had to learn to hate my situation enough to do something about it. Ooh. And he so he went to Dr. Troy and really he he was drawn towards carbs because you know his whole body was mm-hmm. so messed up. So sugars and carbs. Yeah. And he had to get rid of those. I mean yeah. pretty much obliterate most of them from his diet and yeah. just to reset things. He lost weight. He got some energy back. And I thought passive optimism, it's it's you know that's an interesting idea where you stay stuck and you just sort of hope it gets better until you don't do anything different. Yeah. You know, it's like he wanted the right things, but he wasn't actually doing the right things. Well, for me, I'm pretty disciplined and focused, and I'm fighting for my life. And yet the Lord kept bringing me back to this passage in the Gospels where the man who'd been sick on the mat for 38 years was stuck there. 
you know, and Jesus asks him, do you want to get well? And I had this dialogue mm-hmm. with God going, well, yes, I want to get well. Mm-hmm. Why do you keep bringing me back here? I mean, I drink my water. I go to bed. I mean, I'm just listing all my disciplines and even my spiritual disciplines going, mm-hmm. I want this, Lord. Why do you ask me that? And he was so quiet. And I thought, well, he's God. I need to ask a better question. You know, this man said, I can't, sir. Do I have some I can'ts in my soul that I don't see, that I'm not aware of? Mm. And I would say um, a week or two later, I'm backstage getting ready to go out and speak. Mm. And I was having a massive inflammatory flare. So everything was weak. Everything was terrible. I mean, I just, all I could think about was my bed. And I'm ready to step out. And the host pulls me back. And she says, oh, uh, before you say a word, make sure you tell them uh, that you struggle with your health. Otherwise, they're just going to hate you when they get a look at you. You're such a cute little thing. And... Mm. I stopped in my tracks and I thought, wow, I've heard that a thousand times. Now, oftentimes it's just in jest, but as someone who's been on the receiving end of gossip, um, painful gossip, I realized when I would hear that, I didn't know what to do with that. I don't want people to hate me. And so here I'm standing behind stage, getting ready to go out. And the Lord said, can you trust me with your reputation? If I heal you, can you trust me with petty women who will judge you and be jealous of you? And it was like a speed bump for me. I'm like, oh. This is a thing because it caught yeah. me, you know? Yeah. And I had to start through in that briefest moment going, Lord, I believe that not all women are that petty and those who are brokenhearted. So, yes, I trust you. Yeah. I would say a week later, I'm praying, which I do every day for the human trafficking victims and slaves in the world today. Yeah. And I'm interceding. And all of a sudden, I hear the phrase blessing guilt. I'm like, blessing guilt. And the Lord whispered to my heart, mm. can you handle it if I were to heal you? Can you handle that still millions are held in captivity? They said, no, no, I can't. Wow. And here again was another I can't. I can't. It was a capital no. I didn't have to think about it. Now, I know theologically in my head that what God does for one doesn't diminish his ability to do right. for another. I know that right. theologically, but my soul didn't know that. Right. I, I had blessing guilt. I could not live in the tension of the unbelievable suffering in the world and my little sickness. And I had to reconcile wow. that. Can you trust me? If I heal you, can you trust me to do a work in their story too? Am I big enough? Am I good enough? And that one took me some time, but that was an I can't. And so here my son wanted the right things, but he wasn't doing the right things. I was doing a lot of the right things, but I didn't know that I wasn't believing a lot of the right things. I could explain it in my head all day long, but my soul didn't know it. And so my challenge for somebody listening today is I dare you. Ask God, show me, what are the I can'ts? What are the hindrances in my own soul to my flourishing? Because they're there. I promise you they're there. And as you're humble enough to let God teach you, he will show you a better way. Amen. Those are the boulders. Where are they? Because they're there. Yeah. And and it's yeah. seasonal too. They have to be uprooted continually. That's why the, the, the self-care, the soul care of a rhythm of a daily checking in. I love how you're exemplifying. You have a living relationship with a living God. You talk to him, he talks back. Sometimes it's a delay. You get something later, you know, like, oh man, what a gift, Susie. Like that's a gift. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are still trying to find that rhythm of I can hear. I, you know, that's why we tend to be attracted to fitness and wellness because we can, we can do something with it we can do it but the voice of god gets really small and for here in this community we're constantly pushing people to go no god first god most let his voice become bigger than the messages of the world even though we are in the world and we're gonna drink green juice or you know do the things that we know are good for us but we live in a world that constantly drowns out the voice of god you can't hear from god or god's not good or you know and and amplifies this fear 
mentality. And in your book, you say something, you go, that you have zero tolerance policy for fears. <laughs> I love that yeah. you could say that I have zero tolerance policy. That is my personal thing. So when I want to, I just want to know, I think people like having insight because we hear, they hear us and they go, oh, they have it all together. When was the last time, you know, a situation that you had to overcome fear or you had to go, oh, look, there it is. And then implement your zero tolerance policy. Well, I, just for full disclosure, I struggled with fear on significant and varying levels up until this battle um, in ways that I shouldn't have for how seasoned of a Christian I am. It just was a thing for me. Yeah. And it wasn't until in this battle, because it was acting like Lyme, but then acting different. And neurological diseases are horrific. Anybody who knows anything about neurological diseases, they're not good. And so the thought that I was looking at something worse was uh, causing so mm. much fear. And so what changed for me was both my functional med and my MD doc. They're both Christians and they're both friends and they're wonderful. But both of them said, you have chronic inflammatory response syndrome mm. and you're in constant inflammation and it's not good. Mm. And, and I learned this from them and a brain expert that I've had on my show. They said, your brain operates only on one of two motivational fuels. This is true. Yes. This is absolutely amazing. Hit Science it. knows this, but the word has already proven it. Yes. Fear and love. Yes. So you're either in fear or yes. you're in love. But yes. when you're in fear in your brain, your thought processes are running on the fear train. What happens is a door opens in your body and cascades of inflammation come. Yes. That's where disease grows. That's where sickness yes. grows. It creates this inflammation. So let's say, Elisa, your weaknesses in your physiology are obviously they're different than mine. But when we both have an inflammatory response, it's going to hit us where we're weakness, weakest, yes. just like the enemy does, yes. right? Yes. And so they were saying to me, you have so much inflammation because your body is so awry right now. You can't afford fear. So whatever you have to do Woo! to shut that door, you got to do it. And I mean, I, I'm someone who's in the word all the time. I know it says 365 times, don't fear. But it wasn't until I was really fighting for my life. Yeah. And I got the intellectual side and the physiological side yeah. where my brain's like, I can latch on to that. Yeah. Then I thought, I can't afford it. I'm not doing it. Amen. That's when I implemented the zero tolerance. But see, this is what's amazing. And you know this, that whatever your most repetitive thoughts are, your brain creates these grooves to make it easier because in every way our bodies respond to our most consistent choices to make us help us along even if they're terrible choices yes so to be i had a four-lane superhighway on fear mm. the thing is the more that you stay with the thought the wider and the faster that neural pathway becomes and when you think if it's getting wider and faster it means more things can trigger you and get you to that fear so in, you know it's not just the initial cause of your fear it's all kinds of things it's, mm -hmm. it's not a static thing right so I knew that if I were to put a road close sign there and employ other thoughts right in the middle of the worst parts of my symptoms, my brain, physiologically speaking, would after a time, 20, 30, 35 days, would delete that pathway because I'm not using it anymore. That's, That's right. the wonder of our bodies. That's right. Like, oh, she's not using it. She must not need it. And it deletes that neural pathway. Mm. I was really going on that. I mean, I was trusting the spirit of God to help me. But it's something I could latch on to. And I, maybe it's because when you're a fitness person, if I do this, this happens in yeah. my body. Yeah. But it, it just spoke to me. So I just thought zero tolerance policy. And my face would go numb. My arms are going numb. I felt like someone was crushing my head. But I'm like, my God is good. His promises are true. He will always make a way for me. Mm. And in the middle of that, fear of what this might be and the debilitating illness kept grabbing me by the throat. And just because, you know, ALS and some of these are just mm -hmm. horrific diseases. And one of my prayer uh, intercessors who 
has total permission to smack me upside the head if yes. I need it. Everyone, she's wait, like, everyone needs one of those friends. Let's just say yes. that for one. Okay, go ahead. Exactly. So she says to me, she goes, Susie, you're contending for the promises. You're contending for your life. And that's good. Go ahead. But she says, you got to die to that fear. She said, you've got to pray that even if God, you know, you, and I'm like, I can't, I, I can't, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't say, God, you're going to heal me. But even if you don't, because to look at that potential debilitating neurological disease to have to live with that honestly my thoughts were i'd rather die than live with that mm. you know mm. and uh, i mean it was just my my fear yeah, she's like guess what she said the devil can't attack a corpse and you're still crawling around trying to <laughs> you know negotiate with god and she says you don't die you don't you die to the fear you don't die you don't surrender yeah. to the circumstance right yeah and so yeah. i got this picture of me crawling up as like a little rag doll. It was one of the scariest things I'd ever done because I was saying to God, I believe you can. I, I really hope that you will. But even if you don't, you are still God. Yes. And I'm just determining that life on earth is short. Eternity is long. Yes. There's a mystery to who you heal, how yes. you heal. I don't fully get it, Lord. Yes. But I'm submitting to your rule and reign, and I want your glory in my life. It was scary. That sounds poetic, but it was. I was so scared as I was giving it over and dying to the fear. Mm. And instantly I got this picture, you know, here I'm this rag doll crawled upon the altar of Aslan, like the line of Judah, with this flowing mane. He puts one paw on one side of me. He puts the other paw on the other side. He rises up and roars to the atmosphere. Like he's serving the atmosphere. Notice she is mine. And then he says to my heart, so sweet. He said, Susie, right now you feel fragile and vulnerable, but you're only one of those things. You're fragile. You're not vulnerable. Mm. And it was like one of those game changers for me. I'm like, I'm not, fear's not going to be a thing for me. And so I'm good. telling you, it's just, it, I feel like that was a massive boulder that I've been delivered from. It's not to say yes. that things won't come and nip at me, yes. but it's not in me. It is not in me. Yeah. I, in the real estate that God has taken up in me, I cannot even explain. But I had to fight and had to sort this stuff through with the Lord. Okay, so here's the thing, Susie. Talk about quickening. I, I know we're, we're wrapping up a little bit on the time I have with you. I want to honor your time. Um, I, uh, <laughs> part of the ministry of Revelation Wellness, I've said to the Lord, like, I believe in miracles. I, why would you give us a ministry of the body if you're just wanting us here as instructors to just bandage people and help them limp their way through to the other side? Um, we encounter miracles, uh, and, and it has to do when people come to instructor training retreat. A lot of these people don't even know why they're there. They're like the furthest thing from an instructor, but so much has been done to their bodies and pain that they, they're like, I just got to be here. Um, and we watch watch, much like your son, uh, we pray for miracles. We pray for healing. But we watch some who, it doesn't come that moment that night, but then as the next three, four days, as they go and move their bodies and work out and, and come to this integration of the soul and the heart and the mind, they're healed of all kinds of uh, all kinds of chronic pain, illness. And it's just fun to watch. It's been just amazing to see how God promised this is about more than just, you know, helping people lose some pounds and, and limp on into eternity. So um, before you go, I was going to ask you to pray for us, but I'm going to ask every Revelation Wellness instructor, everyone here, that we're going to pray for Susie right now. Like we're just going to pray in agreement because we are people who know that this is, this is our territory. <laughs> this is something that the enemy says, no, you don't get to flourish in your body. You're just going to have to suffer. 
Um, so we're going to all come in agreement. So Lord, we thank you for the voice of Susie, the heart of Susie, and the body of Susie, and how you have designed it for health and wholeness and flourishing. And God, we bind up the enemy in all the ways and all the places he's been loud-mouthing and bossing Susie and her body around. And God, right now, we ask that you would heal uh, Susie from head to toe, from soul to skin, in Jesus' mighty name, God, that you are going to give her the desires of her heart. And we just want to blow into that, Lord, and say, we believe you can and will heal. We thank you for the process you've been in with Susie because we're benefiting from it, Lord. But we want to know that day on this side of eternity, God, where Susie, much like her son, will jump up and down in the sanctuary and say, God Mm. healed me. God healed me. That it would be a generational push into her family line. That this is just something you have been building this story since eternity past. And we're so excited to write a page today on Susie's book with you, Lord, that she is Mm. a good, healthy, whole woman. She is a woman who is whole and well and fighting off disease in Jesus' name mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, friends. Wow. Thank you, honey. Appreciate that. We love you so much, Susie. Okay. Rapid fire question before you go. People want to know what's your favorite kind of workout? How do you like to move your body? Um, I like both cycle, but I also, I like cycling a lot. Uh, I had to do that because of my joints. I used to run, but love, love, love cycling trails uh, as fast as I can, you know, through the trees and a little bit of music in my ear. That's my happy place for sure. Beautiful. Okay. And then um, what's your, now you said like you are chronic inflammation. So what's your, um, what's your food that you go, this is my jam. This is what I I get through every day with, or you're kind of your go-to food. Well, I've got this little green drink that I drink that I love, Nutri-Greens. It's just awesome. I also love this cauliflower rice curry dish that I make with broccoli and some almonds and uh, I, don't my, I don't know, some of your, your, your people will love that, right? Yes. And I love a spinach salad with avocado and, you know, veggies on it that with poppy seed dressing because I'm gluten, dairy, soy, corn intolerant. So, mm-hmm. but I, I don't have the kind of inflammation that I had. I have an infrared sauna in my house, so I work nice. out and in that sauna every single day. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm feeling really, really good. I've got some residual, this mold thing, I have a genetic thing where if I walk into a mold building, symptoms flare. So I'm actually asking God for a healing of my genetics. So when you yes. pray that, I just don't want to be the person who needs to be accommodated all the time. I want to be able to walk into a mold building That's right. and pray for those who are sick, Come on. you know? So yeah, that's where I'm at, but I'm, 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 that's off topic, but I love, I love good food. I love it. Well, Susie, we love you. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. We're blessed abundantly. Loved the time. Thank you so much, my friend. 